Have you been asked to MC a work event and now you're freaking out? Don't worry, I've got you. Learn how to be a great MC in this episode of the Standout Get Noticed podcast. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to episode 288 of Standout Get Noticed. I'm Christina Cantor's communication skills trainer, speaker, and MC. This is the second last official episode of the year. Next week's will be the last before I take a three-week break, and then the podcast will be back on the 18th of January. Now, in this episode, you will discover how to be a great MC for a corporate event, or any event really, but I'm approaching it from a, a corporate perspective. In episode 282, where I outlined the 10 fundamental communication skills, I talked about audience engagement as one of them. Now, MCing to me is a role that requires you to lean in heavily on that skill of audience engagement. So if you want to get better at audience engagement, then I highly recommend that you have a go at MCing an event. And as you get better with being able to to engage with the audience, you'll be able to then incorporate it into your other speaking situations, like your presentations or pitches and your meetings. So today I'm going to share seven really effective tips and strategies for being a great MC. And these are ones that I've learned and honed and implemented over my years of MCing. For a summary of this episode, go to the show notes at thecmethod.com slash 288. Let's do it. First, let's define what an MC's role is. An MC or a master of ceremonies is the official host of a ceremony, an event, a conference, a convention, or a performance. Personally, well, it's not really gender neutral, isn't it? But I don't really like the sound of mistress of ceremony. Sounds a bit porn, doesn't it? We could just go with host. Essentially, it's a host, which is a gender neutral term. There we go. So the MC's role is to set the tone for the event, to make announcements, to make sure the event runs to time, to introduce the seg- uh, introduce the speakers or provide a segue between each act or speakers, and also to make sure that the audience is listening, paying attention, and having a good time. An MC may also take the role of moderating panels of speakers and facilitating questions and answers between the audience and the speakers. So how is emceeing different to giving a presentation? Some of you might be wondering. Now, generally speaking, when we prepare a presentation, we tend to focus on the content that we are delivering, right? The content we want to share, the the value, that's where we add the value. And generally, when you're new to public speaking or if you struggle with it, I find many of my clients are like this, we tend to focus on ourselves. We go, okay, I have to present. What content am I going to share? How do I structure it? How do I make it sound good? All of that. Now, with emceeing and to be a great emcee, that focus shifts to then be 100% on the audience. Look, ideally... Any time we speak or present, I would argue that your focus needs to be on the audience anyway. And this is how I coach and train people. Um, you know, I'm always encouraging people to think about your audience. What do they need? What are they going to get out of your presentation? But in reality, people do end up focusing on themselves a lot, especially at the start. And you can often get away with this, 
you can get away with focusing on yourself. It doesn't may not make you the most effective presenter possible. But with MCing, there's nowhere to hide. It's very obvious if an MC is focused on themselves and not considering the audience. For example, have you ever been at an event where people might have been chattering in the you know, people in the audience are chatting away and the MC just ignores them and just continues to talk as if nothing's happening? This shows that the MC is just going through the notes, going through the motions and not paying attention to what the audience is doing. A good MC should be able to recognize that the audience is not pay- paying attention and do something to then grab their attention again and make sure that they're listening in for, for the next speaker. Another example, if the MC, let's say, opens an event and says, how's everyone today? Okay, great. And then continues on without actually pausing for a response or even encouraging a response shows that the MC is more focused on themselves and what they're saying instead of focusing on the audience. I've seen videos of Jim Carrey very early on in his career. One of his early jokes was he'd come out on stage and say, hi everyone, how is everyone today? Alrighty then. And that would always get a really big laugh because it shows that like he doesn't really care. Like he's asking, how are you? But I don't really care. I'm just going to keep going. And that's kind of the impression that you give as an MC if you don't take that moment to stop and and make it about the audience. Also, one of the differences between MCing and giving a presentation is that with an M- when you're MCing, you need to be a lot more comfortable with dealing with spontaneity. There are many moving parts to an event and things will more likely than not shift and change and potentially go wrong. And you need to be able to take it all in your stride and be that calm anchor point for your audience throughout. Okay, so let's get into the ideas I have for you to help you become a great MC. Number one is to create a strong mindset. And that mindset is, it's not about you. And this is similar to what I've, I shared earlier, but this is so important. I get myself into this mindset before every MC gig that I do. And look, it's very easy to get nervous when you're prepare, preparing for an MC role, just like any other speaking opportunity. But remember, you are not the star of the show. Unless you're a professional comedian or a hip hop MC, people aren't here to see you They're here to see the speakers or they're here to connect with other people or they're here to drink as much free alcohol as possible. So that's what I always tell myself. Christina, they're not here to see you. Let's instead focus on making sure the speakers feel like rock stars, for example. So this, and this is what I love about emceeing because you can then play, you can have some fun with it. No one's expecting you to be funny. If they wanted someone funny and entertaining, they would have booked Amy Schumer or if they had less budget, maybe Dave Hughes. Uh, he's a local Aussie comedian for my international friends listening. I remember actually one go- one gig I was book- booked for, they said that they didn't want a comedian because having a, a celebrity there took the focus away from the actual event and the reason why people were there. And so that's why they hired me because specifically because I wasn't a comedian or a well-known celebrity. So here's what you can do to help take the focus off you when you're preparing for an MC role, focus instead on the speakers. 
So practice reading out their bio, practice saying it, saying it with excitement and think about how excited the audience is going to be to hear from these speakers. So make it about the speakers, make it about the audience. If you're still a bit unsure of how to do this, I'm going to expand on this now in point two. So idea number two for you is to do your research. This is quite simple to do. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Um, and I do this for every single gig. So before the event, you need to find out as much as you can about the event about and about the people that are going. So to do this, call up the event organizer or you know organize a meeting with them and ask them how many people are going to be there? How are they seated? Who is in the audience? Why are they here? That's a big important question. Why are people coming to this event? Are they coming because they have to, because it's a work event? Or have they paid money to come? Is this an annual event that they come to every single year? Is this something they come to to network? Are they just coming here because it's a big boozy lunch? Why are they here? Does everyone know each other? Are these all random people coming from all over the world? Where are they from? So these are really all really good questions to find out. Find out as much as you can about your audience. Another great question is, what does the audience want to get out of this event? Really important. And the reason why you ask these questions is that so you can use this when you're addressing the audience. Because if you can show that you understand them, that you get why they're there, it allows you to build rapport with them and connect with them and as a result, be a better MC. Something I also do in my research and prep is I run through name pronunciations with the events people. And I literally go through and I say, how do I say this name? How do I say that name? You'll, you, you won't believe how much respect you'll get as an MC if you pronounce people's names correctly. And you might seem, it might seem so simple, um, but I've had it happen where I've announced people and then later on they've come up to me and said, by the way, I just want to thank you for getting my name right because most people get it wrong. So, you know, simple things to do makes a big difference. Doing your research in terms of the technical setup, ask the organisers, what mic will I be using? Is it going to be a handheld mic? And that makes a difference because that means you only have one free hand to hold your notes. Um, or do you have a, a mic that's, I think they call it a face mic, a mic that clips onto your ears and, you know, so you then your hand's free. Um, ask how that all of that works. Do you need to bring your own iPad with notes? Will they provide one for you? I personally like to have the run sheet with my script and everything on a Google Doc, Google document um, on an iPad and then keeping that live so that if the client wants to change anything on the day, they can just make updates to it from their end and then it gets updated at my end. And then that way it avoids any confusion. Okay. Number three, the third idea for you is to practice your strong opening. In my opinion, if there is any part of an MC run sheet or script or whatever that you're going to memorize, it's going to be the opening. The opening might just be one minute or it might be three minutes. It depends on the event and what they've written for you. By the way, I never write, well, the event organizers generally write the script of what they want you to say. And then this is what I found anyway, they give it to you and then you're most often welcome to tweak it to make it sound more authentic to you. 
So don't feel like you have to read it exactly as written. Of course, check with them beforehand. Ask, is there anything here that needs to be read as is? For example, when I've done an acknowledgement of country, which is what we do here in Australia, we acknowledge and pay our respects to the traditional owners of the land. Oftentimes that script is word for word. So you have to read it as is. And then there's other parts of the script that are more loose and they let you to put your own spin on it. So I always edit the script that they've given me. I might run it by them if they want to see what I've changed. And then I'll practice that over and over and over and over. And I'm talking an hour I will practice it for. And I'll do this usually the the day before, maybe a couple days early. It depends how much time I've got. Um, if you're feeling really nervous, just do it even earlier, just so that you feel more comfortable. And then on the day, again, if I'm driving to the event and it's a half hour drive, I will literally practice those first three minutes over and over and over and over. That is what I personally do because I, when I do my opening, I don't want to use an iPad. I don't want to be looking down. I want to make sure that I really connect with the audience. And to do this, I want to be standing in the middle of the stage, no iPad. I want to make eye contact with them. And so that's why I focus so much on the opening. For the rest of it, I have the iPad. I look down. I'll read a bio. I don't memorize any speaker bios. It's just too much. You can't be expected to memorize all of that stuff. Now, in terms of content for your opening, you might want to check out episode 180 of this podcast. It's called How to Start a Presentation Strong, and I'll link that up in the show notes as well. That's well, that's more focused on a presentation, but it gives you a detailed breakdown of all the elements you can include. When I'm emceeing, I always want to get a cheer at the start. So once I've done acknowledgement of country, I'll do a big and welcome everyone to the magical event today. How are we feeling? And whenever you ask an audience, how are you going or who's excited? You get maybe a quarter of the room going, yay. As in like quite quietly, yay. Some sort of half-hearted clapping. Now, this is always a really fun bit. It's a really great opportunity to get that excitement going and to make people cheer again. So I don't care even if it's a really good cheer. I still go, everyone, that was terrible. Um, that was about half of the room and then the other half were asleep. And I kind of make a, a humorous remark about it. Half of you are excited and half of you are still waking up. That's fine. And I say, that's fine. Let's hear it. Let's get really excited. How are you all feeling today? And then I get them to cheer. If it's a bit better I and if I feel it could be even more, I get them to do it again. This is your time. As the MC, you have the authority to engage with the audience and to get them excited. So don't be afraid to say, you know what, I'm not happy with that one. I don't think that's what we're looking for today. Let's make it even more energetic. <laughs> like, it's fine. Just just play with it. So that's one thing I do. And then and another thing I also do is I get people to raise their hands and I ask them why they're here today. This is where your research from step two comes in. And I always do three. And the way I do it is usually it's normal, normal, funny. So first two reasons are normal. Third reason is funny. I learned this from Judy Carter, who's a wonderful stand-up. Well, she was a stand-up comedian for many, many years. And now she's a fabulous speaker and she coaches um, speakers as well. And you don't have to be a comedian to be able to do this. So I might go, um, so hands up who's here to 
learn from our wonderful speakers. And then I raise my hand. Then you might get, you know, a third of the audience raise their hand. Then I say, hands up, who's here to connect with colleagues who you may not have seen for a while? Raise hand. And then I'll say, and hands up, who's here because their boss made them come? And so that usually gets a lot of hand raises and a chuckle. And look, it doesn't have to be super, super funny, but what you're doing is acknowledging a reason as to why people are there. Because it's true. Some people might just be there because their boss has made them come. Some people might be there just because they're, they want to have a boozy lunch. Uh, when I emceed a conference in um, Hobart a few weeks ago, the third one that I shared was, and hands up who's looking forward to, oh, wait, what was it? I said, hands up who's looking forward to partying at the gala because I knew that everyone was really excited for this party that night. And so, of course, everyone raised their hands and they all cheered. So normal, normal, funny, give them, get them to raise their hands to acknowledge which of the reasons they're there for. Now, if you can't think of anything humorous, it's fine. You can do three normal or you can do two normal. If this is your first go at it and you're feeling really nervous about trying anything humorous, just don't worry about it. Leave it, leave it off. I'm not saying you have to do it, but as you start to get more comfortable and more confident with it, see if you can add something in. Remember, always keep it lighthearted. You're not trying to um, like criticize anyone or make it sound like you're judging them for being there just to come to the boozy dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so starting your practice, so practicing your strong opening. Number four, fourth big idea is to set the tone right. Now, this follows on from the opening. As the MC, it's not just your job to introduce the speakers, right, to be that function. You are there to set the tone. You're the one holding the mic and you have that responsibility to show the audience, here's the, the tone and the level of energy we want from you for this event. So ask the event organizers what tone they want the event to be. And also you might give some suggestions as to what you think. Is it a serious event? Is it fun? Is it inspirational? Is it celebratory? I did an awards event um, the other week and, of course, that tone was it was a, a celebration. So that's what they really wanted me to emphasise in my opening to set the tone. We want this to be about celebration. It's not about getting boozy. It's about a celebration. <laughs> And so I've seen MCs before where they open and they're quite nervous and anxious and low energy. And what that does is it can tend to make your audience also nervous for you. I think of it like you're an aerobics instructor leading a class of participants. If you see an aerobics instructor and they're at 50% energy levels and they're going, all right, everyone, and I want you to kick your leg this way. Yeah, sure. And then move your arm that way. Yeah, that's pretty good. Can you imagine what the class is going to be like? They're going to be even, the participants will be at 20%. When you are leading a group of people as a speaker, you cannot expect the energy of the audience to be higher than yours. Think about yourself as that aerobics instructor. If you think about a good 
aerobics instructor, they're at 110%. They're going, yeah, that's right, everyone. Legs up, legs up. I want to see more. Give me more. Arms are out. Arms up. Uh." And you're thinking, oh my God, how, you know, you've had too many coffees today (laughs) because they're at 110%, but it gets you up to maybe 80. And that's what the audience needs from you as an MC. And when I say energy, I don't necessarily mean like super um, excited, crazy kind of energy. If you're not naturally that type of person, that's okay. But you can still bring passion and excitement to how you're speaking to the audience. All right, big idea number five is to make the speakers feel like rock stars. Because remember, they are the stars of the show. And so what we want to do when we introduce the speakers is to make them feel really, really special so that they feel confident and good as they go onto stage and also so that the audience feels excited and ready to see to hear them speak. So oftentimes you'll be given a bio to read out. Now, I very rarely just read the bio as is. I like to check with them and I'll go up and talk to them if, if possible on the day and say, hey, this is the bio I've been sent. Is there anything here you'd like me to add or remove? Here's what I was planning to add. Because something that I like to add in is what will the audience get out of their presentation? It's one thing to say, here's John Smith, and he's going to talk about project management, like whatever. But you want to add in there something to make the listeners lean in and go, oh yeah, I really need to listen to this. So I would say John Smith's here to talk, um, you know, he's a project management expert. And today you're going to discover three key steps for improving your project management skills. So that is something that I would want to add in that may not necessarily be in the bio that you're given, but it's always a good idea to check with the speakers beforehand so that they're okay with what you're about to say. Also, a a tip when you're actually introducing them on the day, this might be, again, you don't have to read exactly what you've been given on the script. I always recommend putting their name last instead of embedding their name within the sentence. So I'll give you an example. So here's what I would think is maybe not so effective. Our next speaker is Taylor Swift, who is here to share her journey of becoming one of the world's biggest pop stars. Please give Taylor a big round of applause. Yay. Okay, so that's one way. The second way, our next speaker is here to share her journey of becoming one of the world's biggest pop stars. Make sure you make her feel very welcome. Put your hands together in a huge round of applause for Taylor Swift. You hear the difference? So you're building up to the name and the name is what should trigger the audience to start clapping like crazy. So always put the name of the speaker right at the very end. When I was making notes for this episode and I, I actually was reminded of the conversation I had with Richard Blank um, a few episodes ago where he says when he makes a phone call, he always says your company name better than you do. So he gave an example and he pretended to call me and said, hi, Christina, how's the C method doing today? And that made me feel really special. It's exactly the same when you're introducing someone. You want to say their name better than they say it. Taylor Swift, as opposed to Taylor Swift today is doing it. You know, you can hear the difference. I also 
get more into detail about how to introduce people well with wedding celebrant Pete Horden in episode 251. I'll link that up as well. Number six is to have empathy for your audience. Have you ever been to an all-day conference? It's hard. Sitting there all day listening to speakers is hard. You know what TED Talks are less than 18 minutes long? That's what they calculated, what they found from research. That's how long people's attention span is, 20 minutes. So think about the poor audience if the event, let's say it's an hour event, three hours, or even a day or multiple days. It is exhausting. Plus, if they've been going to gala parties and having lots of dinners and drinks, they're going to be a little under the weather. So your role as the MC is to do your best to keep the audience engaged, even though they might be tired and exhausted. And one thing that I like to do is to get them up and moving. Because when you get your audience to actually move, it's going to increase the blood flow, their circulation, it's going to get more oxygen into them, and it's going to break up the speaker's as well. And then when they sit down again, they'll be much they'll be able to pay more attention to the speakers. So you might encourage people to stand up and have a stretch. Actually not encourage, you'll tell them. You'll say, "All right everyone, I can I know everyone's tired. It's just after lunch. What we're going to do is we're all going to stand up. So can I get everyone to stand up right now and have a stretch and and just say we're going to take 1 minute to have a stretch. Get that air in, take a breath. Okay, now thanks everyone. You've done such a good job. Everyone sit down again. If it's appropriate, you might get them to switch seats, say, go sit next to someone you haven't met before, introduce yourself to them. You might also, something I like to do is after a speaker, I'll I'll say to the audience, now I want you to take two minutes and turn to the person next to you and share what's one thing that you took away from that speaker. Go. And then you get them to all do that. And so this is where the audience engagement comes in, where you need to keep an eye on your audience and understand Where are they at in the day? How are they feeling? Do they need a bathroom break? Do you need to tell them there's going to be an afternoon tea break after the next speaker? So hang in there. You'll get a bathroom break real soon. Are they about to fall asleep? Do they have their food comas? What's going on for them? And then you can adapt accordingly. And the seventh idea, big idea for you is to stay hydrated and calm. Now, I know it's not the easiest thing to do, but something that I've discovered is that when you're emceeing, you are on the whole time. So if you're a speaker, you, you know, you're, you're on for your 20 minutes and that's it. And then you can sit down, relax, go have a drink. But when you're the MC, you've got to be focused even when the speakers are speaking because who knows, you might have to jump in and help them with, the, with something or maybe they finish early so you need to be ready to jump up there and thank them and give them a round of applause. So when I fi- what I find is even when there's a speaker on, I'm thinking about the next bit, I'm checking the schedule, I'm getting text messages from the events team saying, don't forget to announce this. I'm checking the run sheet to make sure there's if there's any updates. It is actually quite exhausting. So you need to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water and in between taking lots of deep breaths to stay calm and focused. I don't recommend drinking too much coffee because the adrenaline you have will probably be enough to keep you going. And of course, if you can, try to get a good sleep the night before. I know it's not, it's easier said than done, 
but all but it's really important that you are able to stay calm and be at your best on the day. So there are your seven big ideas to help you become a great MC. I encourage you to implement at least one of them for the next opportunity that you have to be an MC. As you get to practice them and get better at them, you can slowly add more and more. If you want a summary of this episode, go to thecmethod.com slash 288 for the show notes. And if you are looking for a high energy MC for your next event, you can reach out to me at thecmethod.com or follow the links in the description of this episode. I'll be more than happy to have a chat. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Get Noticed.